3: Hi, folks, and welcome to The Hang. In this episode, we're hanging with my good friend Ken McGraw. Ken McGraw is a New York based actor, writer, improviser, and Guy Fury enthusiast who can be seen as an actor on the mod team Night Eaters and also as Trent in Toxic Masculinity the Musical, which he co wrote and co stars. Ken studied and graduated from the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts and has been at UCB since 2013. Now Ken and I have been friends for quite some time and I can honestly say he's one of the nicest, most generous, and extremely talented and painfully funny guys that I know. I know he will leave you with a smile on your face, inspiration in your mind, and confidence in your ability. I can't wait for you guys to get to know him and get in touch and keep in touch with him on his social media. Welcome to The Hang, Ken McGraw Jr.
1: I, I, I am a junior. Uh, you know, I am one of two, but uh, just Ken McGraw, you know, for the stage, for acting.
3: Of course. <laughs> Brother, so good to see you.
1: Good to see you too, man. Thanks for having me on.
3: When was the last time we saw each other?
1: Uh, I saw you. It wasn't Anastasia, was it?
3: Was it back then?
1: It might have oh. been Anastasia. Yes. Or I ran into you on the street randomly in New York. That happened a lot with us. I felt our paths kept crossing. I would just be like, Ramin, And you like, Hey, there we go. (laughs) First of all,
3: everyone, this is my buddy, Ken. He's one of my favorite people. Every time I see him, he just puts a smile on my face. You've got one of the most infectious spirits, positivity. Um, I only want amazing things for you, brother. And, uh, I, I I think you're one of the funniest guys I know.
1: Thank you. That means that means a lot because you you are one of the most talented and genuine guys I know. So to like get like something like that. I'm just like oh like it's such like a nice thing we got here. Well, just for my
3: my my supporters, my friend, my on my virtual friends who are going to be getting
1: to know you for the first time here. What is what do you do? Uh, I'm an actor, comedian in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, just taken day by day, just trying my best just to make everything I can out of what this career brings to me. Uh, I studied acting for, uh, I went to an acting conservatory, uh, in early like 2010 to 2012. And I've been in the city. What was that? I went, to, where was that? I went to the New York conservatory for dramatic arts and mm-hmm. I studied Meisner and, uh, just a bunch of other stuff, you know, Feldenkrais viewpoints, all the good acting stuff. Uh, and that's where I really focused on film and TV because I all I had was a theater background. Like doing musical theater and just kind of growing up with that.
3: So where did the comedy come into it? Because where did you go? Did you go to UCB?
1: Yeah. So after school I I actually thank UCB a lot. I moved back home to New Jersey for a little bit and I was like working like a dead end restaurant job. I'm like I'm not happy here. Like I want to be back in the city auditioning. I was coming back and forth commuting. And I was like, I'm going to sign up for UCB and I moved back to the city and that's where I started doing improv 101. And I went all the way through improv four to the advanced courses. And then I started taking sketch writing classes there and character classes. And then I wound up getting on the character team, which was super cool to write my own original characters and have a monthly show. And then I wound up writing my own show and my own musical there and putting it up for a year. And it, it, it was a wild ride. It's just like, that's where I found my voice. I Always com- comedy always came as like a strong suit to me. Mm-hmm. I love I love drama. I love like sinking my teeth into something cool and like w- like living that. But I comedy is just something I've always wanted to be like the class clown. I've always had a fun group of friends. Uh, I, whenever I played sports, I was always the funny guy on the team who would yell to the coach that we left somebody at the other school and he'd freak out. And I'm like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's, I just wanted to always make people laugh. It's just something. I feel like it brings so much joy to people. Why wouldn't you want to do that?
3: So between acting school and UCB and when you were, as you say, working a dead end job, but you know, you were working and were you, so you were auditioning, you were getting seen for things.
1: Yeah. I I mean, early on it was tough. I, I didn't, everyone always would say be like, wow, you're going to work like, Crazy in fifteen years, and I'm like, whoa, that's a long ways away. Uh, and I would also get like, people would t- like, my teacher once would like was like, I'm going to type you, and I was like, this sucks. But she was like uh, going around the room, and she was like uh, to people like, leading man, uh, quirky best friend. and she got to me, and she went cop, and just kept going. And I was like, what? Come on, like, give me some more than that. Strive for like, she typed people. She like, she was like, you're going to be typed in this industry. I'm just going to give you a little taste of it right now, and I was like, uh, "Okay," and I was like, "That's that's annoying, but hey, I've only played a cop three or four times." <laughs> okay, so she was quite astute. <laughs> she nailed <she, yeah. laughs>
3: it. So, were your aspirations, and this is before UCB, music theater? Was it specifically that? Were you a fan of music theater, or you you went
1: to be an actor? And I. I've done musical theater since I was in like sixth grade. Like I was singing in the choirs and stuff like that and the choruses in school. And then I started doing the musicals uh, just because it brought me so much joy. And it was like, that was my first exposure to like theater and like being a part of like, I played baseball and stuff growing up, but I was like, Oh, like that's a team. This is like a different kind of team. And I like that mentality of like, Hey, if we do really good, we're going to, we're going to win this. Like people are going to be like, yeah, they won. <laughs> like, And that's just like, and I, I strive on that. Like, I, you know, if you practice any sport, you get better. If you lift, you get stronger and that can be applied to theater so easily. And I think that's why I kind of just fell in love with it.
3: And what, at that age, what shows were
1: singing to your heart? What, what did you sort of like daydream about? When I was younger, I like, I'm still like a, uh, a husky, you know, I'm a, I'm a burly man. But like when I was younger, I was like, Oh man, like I would see roles like of like the funny best friend. And I was like, that's who I want to be. Like I want to be the cowboy, the Willard and footloose and make everyone laugh with dancing. I want to be, uh, I was, uh, I was like the, I had a strong group of friends that we all did theater together, like through like our early, like twenties. And those are still some of my best friends in the world. So, to oh. share it with them, and like my friend Jay was like always the lead, and then I would be the best friend, and my other best friend Ben would be the villain. So it's like we got to like kind of do it together, and like that was what was most fun.
3: And you guys are still in contact, and are Our they friends. still pursuing it?
1: Uh, so his, so my friend Jay, his wife opened up a community theater, uh, just to give uh, my hometown like a place to do theater called Exit 82 Theater Company because I'm from Tom's River, and that's Exit 82. So- it worked perfectly. So I did uh, I did a few shows there, like one in between college and one right before I went to college. And uh, it was some of the best times I had because I just got to spend summers with the people I love and just kind of like, wake up, hang out, go to rehearsal, go to the beach. It was the best.
3: So UCB,
1: that's yeah. there's like two main – I don't want to call them improv schools or – So, I mean – We'll get to this later. So UCB is the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, that's and it was founded by Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, and Ian Roberts. And they started in Chicago at, like uh, I think it was Second City, under Del Close, who's like the grandfather of improv, of long-form improv. Didn't Ed so Helms they, go there as well? Ed Helms, I think, went to Second City. Tina Fey went to Second City. A lot of oh, people- Oh, Second
3: City. Them. Right. Okay.
1: And then uh, Amy Poehler and all of them came over to New York, and they opened up their own theater. And- ucb was born and that in from ucb like people f- like like right now on snl Bowen and yang is uh is from ucb it's a buddy of mine super cool um who else like i mean amy Poehler herself donald glover used to you know childish gambino he he used to teach sketch classes at ucb and it's like that's wow. wild you're one of the biggest stars in the world and you used to teach a writing class here and it's it's i, I love that because People's projections and stories, and you'd never know who you're gonna see there. Like I've seen, <laughs> but I I did my show ever for the first night ever. There was a great show there called Gravid Water, and you would love this. And actors would be paired with improvisers. Um, the actors were given a text, uh, a, a text, yeah. and they had to learn it word perfect. And the improviser they got paired with has never seen it before, so they had. Stay, say exactly their word perfect script and the improviser had to improvise the other half of the scene with them Right, uh, really going off them, it was so cool and one night I literally I get off stage, I'm sweating I'm gross, I'm like hey great show, first time we ever did it I go backstage and I go and Michael Shannon is sitting on the ground just like reading an iPad, I'm like what are you doing here
3: Wow.
1: <laughs> I'm like hey he's like oh am I in your way and I'm like no 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 you're fine, just uh, keep, keep reading <laughs> wow it was a uh, it's wild and that's what i loved about the new york comedy community it's like somehow everyone always found their way there or found their way back home uh it's so nice
3: well it gives you especially in new york there's so many outlets for it and they really nurture the talent and it gives you 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 have to put in the stage time for it too especially in, in comedy what i'm learning by listening to other podcasts it's hard work stand up yeah. comedy improv it, you got to show up. You got to do the time. You got to do work. um It's a muscle that you got to keep exercising.
1: I think there's. I, I think it applies to anything. But uh, a, a improviser there by the name of Michael Delaney, who's like been in TV movies. Like he's like somebody who's been there from the beginning. I think he said to get good at improv, you have to put in like ten thousand hours. It's like, a, a, mm-hmm. but like that's anything. Like if you put in ten thousand hours of something, you'll finally start to get it and be good at it
3: so what do you mean you you had your own show there that you said it for a whole year you were doing this musical the one-man show
1: it was a two-man show it was a two-man musical uh my buddy douglas weidick and i we we met up a year ahead of time and we started planning and writing so from a year of our first meeting in a coffee shop to exactly to the week we had our first show at ucb and it's called, it was called Toxic Masculinity, the musical. I saw that on show, Instagram.
3: Yeah, that's right.
1: It's a, it's a show about just two, uh, you know, I, you know, rough dudes. Like, you know, they call them fuck boys. I don't know if I can say that. I'm sorry. You, say whatever you want. Uh, It's uh and it's, it, it essentially, it's like toxic masculinity is such a big problem mm-hmm. uh, in the world. And we took, we took it and kind of flipped it on its ear where we, blew out these characters we made them larger than life we made them funny we didn't go to, go for the cheap joke or the cheap shot and that took a whole year of just like making sure like hey we don't want these guys to be these guys aren't the heroes the hero is the girl in the show like she's the hero mm-hmm. and and these guys kind of get the story this whole script flipped on them so in the end they end up learning a lesson they learned they they end up alone not even with each other as friends anymore because Sometimes you got to cut out the toxic people in your life. And it was so great because we ran the show twice a month at UCB and it was a half hour long. And then we were like, we have more material. We love to do an hour. And then we did it for an hour. We took it to LA. We did it at UCB LA. Did you? And yeah. Yeah. That was my first time out in Los Angeles. Like we, I got to take a show that I co-wrote and co-starred and, and go out there. And it was like a dream come true.
3: So what, what's up with the show now? Where is it at? What stage is it at?
1: So we were gearing up the week that all this happened to do a big concert at 54 below with uh, our all-female band, like a kick-ass rock band. Um, we wrote them a whole song. Like we, like we're including them in the show. We, re- we rewrote the show to include them. And it, 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 we were getting to a place where we were working with these like GMs and producers were like, Hey, like let's get ready to, for a possible run. Let's shop this around. And It kind of got put on hold and that kind of hurt but at the same time we are still here we're still ready to do it and we're excited to kind of like get back into it when the when theaters open back up and people are excited to go out
3: man so up until the pandemic
1: this had a bit of steam i mean it wasn't even just this like i i'm not someone who ever like says like man you're doing a good job right now but like up until this like i felt like i was like whoa i'm having a pretty good year like i was really pumped like i was shooting commercials and like some tv show stuff i shot like was coming out and like everything was kind of falling into place and i shot this like big campaign for uh for something i'll tell you later i can't say it on yet because it hasn't because it wound up not getting released because of the pandemic and i was like man and then i feel like everything just kind of stopped yeah and Because of that, I was like, well, I can't let this get me down. I need to do something about it.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline
0: It is Ryan here And I have a question for you What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I got in like a pilot writing class. I wrote my pilot that I've been sitting on for a year and a half that I was like, I'll write it, I'll write it. And then finally I was like, hey, I got to do this now. My my management was reaching out, like I have all these voiceover auditions. And I was like, great. I built a voiceover studio in my closet. I was like, I want to just keep doing, want to stay proactive. Because the last thing I want to do is look back at all this time and go, well, what did you accomplish?
3: And Well, good for you, man. That's so inspiring. And I guess because you're in a position where you are surviving and you have the time where you can't, it can be used for that. So that's great that you didn't, that you're not wasting it. Yeah. So how do you write? How do you, what's your process when you like, for example, with toxic masculinity, when you're creating these characters, what's the starting point? Cause I find it fascinating that so many of my friends write. And I, I feel like, I don't know, there's, I don't know why there's something in me that says, I mean, you should write, I haven't written a song yeah. anymore in years. I don't know. I just, I, I might have an idea then I go to write. I'm like,
1: nothing then i walk away and i do something else i it's it's interesting because i was never a writer either toxic was the first thing besides like characters from at ucb like that i was writing i I would write like little one minute characters that i would use for auditions for at ucb but then like when i got on the team it was like hey these characters have to be five six minutes sometimes and you're like whoa not that long no one wants to watch six minutes of me um but um But I was like, whoa, this is like a a shock because now it's like, well, now I got to go from writing a half a page to I got to write three pages. And it's like, I hope I can do this. And then you just kind of like put the pen to the paper, put on some music and just find what inspires you. But like with Toxic, I I had the idea. I was just like two man man musical about shitty guys. And then I reached out to my buddy Doug, who (laughs) is great with music. And it's very funny and I admire it. and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I have this idea. I think you would like it. And we started spitballing in a coffee shop that day. And then there was actually a girl sitting behind us and we were just like talking, we're like, Oh, the girl's name will be Brooke cook. And uh, my name will be Trent. Your name will be Gavin. And we were talking like through the songs and the beats and like just the idea of the show. And we hear her laughing and kind of like turns around and she was like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but this sounds really funny. And we were like, like that's what we like okay like we're just going to remember this moment and if we run into a speed bump remember this like hey this is like don't question yourself just keep going um the way I like to write is just put whatever on the paper just don't stop writing and then go back and edit because if you just kind of let it free flow out you, you might have a bunch of crap but then at the same time you might have two or three things where you're like but I can work immensely off this
3: But does it help when you have like something like Toxic where you, in your head, you are thinking of a story arc?
1: Yeah, I I think, I mean, everything comes from one idea. I think if you have like one tiny spark of just like, this is the thing. If the one thing is like sunglasses, it's like, well, well, what can that be? It's just like, well, sunglasses only come out when it's sunny. It's like, well, what's the life of sunglasses when they're not, when it's not sunny out? And then that gets me thinking of like, well, about other things about like, uh, well, where did the sunglasses go? And you know, like, that's just like the way my brain goes. It's just like, what's the backstory of this one thing and what can we build off and how can we make this relatable to someone who is going to watch it or listen? I
3: remember what I, uh, stumbled upon. I couldn't remember because you mentioned 15 years.
1: Did they actually say it'll take 15 years? You're going to be something people have told me you, you're you're gonna work so much in like 10 15 years and I was like okay and and, and to a to a 21 year old kid you're like ah <laughs> like you're like I want to work now and then but I, I'm thankful for that because it made me want to work harder it made me want to get in those classes and not just be like all right well I guess I'll just do this do something else for 15 years and then be like well let's go in for NYPD boy <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I bring it up because when I was sixteen, somebody I looked up to who I was effectively job shadowing for the day, said this business has a funny way of filtering out those who will continue, those who won't. And he goes, It's usually up to about fifteen years.
1: It whenever people are putting in the work and no matter like what age, my buddy Doug said that there's always a ninety ten rule and I was like, well, what's that? And he said, people will sometimes always only go 90% of the way and not knowing how close they are to the end. Oh wow, yeah. And I'm like, that's so incredible because so many people could be so close and be like, well, if I don't get this role, I'm done. Or if this is my last time going in for this, if like I'm if I don't get it, that I'm taking that as a sign. And I've seen so many people who are just like, Hey, I don't know if I'm I think I'm done with this. And now I'm like, they're on TV shows. And I'm like, you did it. Like now it's like your career is just taking off and it's, it's beautiful to watch because then it's like, wow, it, it really can happen. It's, you know, people are just like, hey, it's like the hardest industry in the world. And I'm like, well, my backup career is uh, right field for the New York Yankees. It's just as hard. Yeah. So why, not? so why not just keep going?
3: So what are your inspirations to keep, like what keeps you inspired, especially lately during a lockdown? What's kept you going, oh, that's made me want to write or that, that fuels my creativity?
1: I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. I just kind of, I watch like a lot of YouTube videos. And then I, within that time I've been working out, I've been, you know, talking to friends and stuff. And if I get inspired, I'm just like, well, let me just put this down now. Or if I'm like, let me put a, a character on Twitter of just like a bunch of people who only speak in Billy Joel lyrics. Like
3: I, you did something like,
1: something like that on your Instagram, right? On Instagram, I did this on Twitter. <laughs> But I was like, I was bored one day and I'm like, I haven't done anything. I feel creative besides like my once a week pilot class and I, all. And honestly, the people that keep me inspired, are like my girlfriend, my friends, like everyone, like my family, it's like, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you like, what are you doing to keep busy? And I have a bunch of friends who like do characters nonstop. And I'm like, I got to do something else. I got I gotta do more. And my friend, Matt, who taught this pilot class, was like six weeks. You're going to come in with an idea, which I already had my idea. And he's like six weeks from start to finish. You're going to have a pilot. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see. And from week one, it was work every single week till week six, when a bunch of people read my pilot, that's 34 pages long. I'm like, I wrote 34 pages in six weeks of a first draft. And I'm damn proud of it. Good for you. Do you want to talk about the pilot? Sure. Yeah. I'm.
3: I'm really happy with it. It's, so, so you went to this class. Matt was the teacher.
1: Yeah, my buddy Matt Star. He uh, he teaches a pilot writing class, and normally it's in person, but it, it's over Zoom right now.
3: So you had an idea, but no pen to paper as of yet.
1: No pen to paper. So my I had this idea for a pilot for like a year and a half now. Uh, I was in a board game commercial, uh, and uh, this company. Is this, who, is this, real? this is
3: real. You were real.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was a board game company. Uh, and I was in. The, I'm in this commercial for this board game, and the company like reached out to me, and they're like, "Hey, you're you're really funny in the commercial. Do you want to come to these like conventions uh, to be the guy from the commercial and like talk about the game?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So they flew me to like New Orleans, Chicago, and or New York, like in New York, and like I was the guy. So I got a firsthand look at like what the toy industry really is, and I'm like, it's so interesting because a, 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 a an industry that is so like games, toys, kids, families, it's all run by like adults. that are just like, well, how, what can we do? What can we do to get this under the Christmas tree this year? And it's like, wow, it's wild. (laughs) So I wrote a, so my pilot is a, it's a mockumentary, like the office or parks and rec of, uh, of the toy industry of this, of this toy company that's trying to get back on top and just kind of following them to the biggest stage of them all, which is real. Uh, the toy of the year awards, which takes place in New York every year. Wow. It's wild. You've it's a whole
3: other so world. me. so many stories within that.
1: It's a whole other world.
3: I thought you saw some real interesting characters.
1: So <laughs> there is this one guy, and he walks around with his posse, who's his wife and daughter, big glasses, like Gucci scarf, like jewelry. Oh. Like, Ramin, what? And, I'm, and he's like, and I'm playing this game. And he's like, oh, that's my game. I'm like, cool. And then he's like, yeah, you know, like, let me explain it to you. And he like walks away with his posse. And the guy who's my buddy, he goes, do you know who that was? I go, no. And they go, he invented Furby. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy is like, he's like, he, it's like, that was his big thing. And then he's just been creating toys ever since. Just like. But he's walking around like. It's. Don Corleone. Like he's the Don of toys. It, it was so funny. I mean, he's a very, very nice guy. And I see, I've seen him like three years in a row now, two years now. Um, and he, he like, I'm just like, say, every time I see him just like button down shirt, scarf, glasses, like <laughs> on the man, I'm like this guy, I'm like this guy, the toy Don over here. <laughs> so I, uh, and you know, I, I love, I love mockumentaries. Uh have you watched like The Office or Parks and Rec or anything? Of course. come on. That's some of my mean, favorite favorite, favorite shows. Uh, the reason I love the mockumentary form so much because I think it does something that other shows don't allow you to. It gives the characters a chance to speak directly to you watching. And I think that's so special because I t- uh, for for example, The Office. The Office I feel like had one of the best series finales of all time. Because it gave the characters that you've known for all these years a chance to sit down, look in the camera, and be like, hey, thanks. Like, I know okay. you're there. I know you're there. I know you're listening. Thank you. And like, say goodbye. And gives them a chance to say goodbye to kind of close that book. And it's one of those things where when we watch another show that's not a mockumentary, we're watching these characters live their lives compared to these characters are living their lives and we're a part of it.
2: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends
3: friday may 10th see home club for details and i love how the comedy you most of the time is i love comedy where they make a mohill out of a mountain yeah. rather than the other way around so it's they're
1: never you never feel like they're in on the joke i mean that's always the most fun because it's like oh it's like that's why Michael Scott is one of the greatest written characters of all time. It's he can take something as simple as a Christmas party and build it up into everyone's trying to steal each other's gifts because he is trying to out to, to beat everybody in the, in the and it's like, it's like, that's brilliant. Like, how do you do that? Have you watched what we do in the shadows?
3: No. What's that? So,
1: it's a, it's a film. I've actually never seen the film, but I heard it's great. Uh, but it's, a uh, what's his name? He just won the Oscar. Did he win the Oscar for Jojo rabbit? He directed it, I think. um, Uh,
3: So what's it called? What we do in shadows?
1: in shadows. It's a mockumentary about vampires living in Staten Island, New York. And it's honest, I think it's second season and I love it. I think it's super funny. It's a very out there, mature, silly show. And I'm like, this is something that's Good. It's genuinely fun and good to watch. They just got picked up for a third season, I think. Highly suggest if you haven't watched.
3: I'll take. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. And what about folks like Will Ferrell?
1: I love Will Ferrell. I love Paul Rudd. Is like I love all those guys. Jason Siegel. I think that they work so well together, and a lot of it is because like they they are so good at improv and so trained that they capture sometimes magic that like wasn't supposed to happen. That is just like instant comedy like there's have you there's a famous scene in ace ventura where jim carrey is walking uh in this like very formal party and there's a cello player and, <laughs> has, and do you know the scene yeah, and as he's walking, he pulls his arm and the guy goes like that he improvised that and like the her, his co-star had no idea he was going to do that and like almost broke and laughed because and it's, it's that's something that like take a chance because that's something that is gold. It's I love it. It's
3: well, it's great to have, well, someone like Jim, I think he's a lot on to himself. So it's, you let him, you let him run with it. Cause he, he, yeah. he is a genius. I think he's a, a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Whether it's something like Ace Ventura or Truman Man on the jo- Moon, Truman Show is one of my favorite films.
1: Beautiful. They need to make that into a show of some sort. Like I love that script. I love that movie. Beautiful. I right? love the cast.
3: Everyone in it. It's just. It's perfect. It's one of my it, top three films.
1: Really? Yeah.
3: Wow. Because I, 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 my barometer for that is I could always
1: watch that. It's and, it's and so, be connected and be invested. It's so funny because like, it's wild to think like, oh, there's a TV show about uh, out there of somebody who's living their whole life, and it's like, well, look at what life is now. There's every people are capturing moments from when their children are born all the way up until like, who knows what? And it's like, everyone's life is on camera now. It's like, it's, it's kind of wild. I love documentaries. I recently watched, uh, the last dance. Did you, have you watched that?
3: Oh man, that was so good.
1: Woo. First off, the first thing I thought, I was just like, how did they know that this was going to be documented years later that like they would come out with, because it's,
3: How, who decided to sit on that footage all this time and not bring it out five years ago?
1: I don't know, but I'm, well, I'll tell you right now, because of this whole quarantine, it was exactly what I needed because there's no sports. And I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, um, That's 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 the thing where it's like they're constantly filming, like, who knows what? like, and, and the fact that there was like all this footage from the entire season that they just put together so beautifully. Oh, man. You, what did
3: you take away from... Michael Jordan and his mindset to be the
1: best. There was two things I thought of that my buddies and I had talked about. Could w- would he b- have been as good as he was if he wasn't like a, a dick? Like is that a, like or like is that like the mentality that you have to have to keep yourself in it? Um, but uh, did you think he was a dick? Or or was he just?
3: that high of a benchmark of a mindset that if you weren't there you would
1: perceive him as a dick I think that it's so skewed because there's one thing to be a dick on the court and then like to have the mentality of like I'm gonna win this game I'm the best in the world but then to carry that over into your life of like the fans and people like that where I was like oh he's kind of a a little bit of a nightmare but he's also the greatest in the world so that makes sense i mean i think that's like a mentality that maybe takes over where it's like what was that bit with the fans why did i miss that bit well there was one bit where i mean so and, I, always and thought, I, I always thought he was giving loads of time after a games to kid you know to kids which makes sense and stuff like that but i feel like there was one in particular where i mean and i completely under- understand why he did this i think he was at like a photo shoot and like it was in russia and one of the guys who was, like, his PA was, like, could you sign this? And, like, he just, like, looked forward and, like, the guy, like, got in so much trouble, like, on camera. And oh, I was, like, "Yeah,
3: I remember that. I, remember. I was,
1: like, I was, like, ah, I don't want to see that. That's rough. Uh,
3: I mean. But then I, you look at him, Michael Jordan's exception, everywhere he went. Could you, It reminded me the mass hysteria
1: he would cause wherever he went. And, I mean, anywhere. It's he was an international star. It's like, everyone knows the name, Michael Jordan. He's like, it's like Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, like to be ranked among some of the greatest people of all time. It's, it's wild. It must be like a complete rush of like, how do you handle your life? Like everything you do in life is going to be, well, it was documented for a year. Uh, (laughs) No, for years. Yeah. I, I mean, constantly. And, you know, and then any, I'll tell you right now, anybody who's as good as Michael Jordan, who can go play baseball and still be decent and then go, nah, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back and win another championship in the NBA. It's that, incredible.
3: He came back better.
1: Yeah. But, and,
3: and he only, did he only stop the baseball because of the strike, right? So he had
1: time to start going back to train with. He was like doing space jam. Uh, one of the best sports movies of all time. Uh, <laughs> but did baseball take go on strike, the player a player strike? Base baseball went on the player strike. They offered Jordan to play in the major leagues on the White Sox and he was like, I'm not gonna cross the picket yeah, line, so he played in the right. minors. And um, and then within that time he changed his entire workout up with his trainer to like play baseball because it's completely different. And then he had a transition back into basketball mode and like it just wasn't there. Which what does that say about your body and your like muscle memory of like, you know, you're swinging about like this instead of doing this constantly, it's mm-hmm. all checked. It's all back. It's wild. It's like the, the human body is in mind is ridiculous.
3: Yeah. I was blown away by that. He was my, it was one of those things where the whole family every night, one by one, we would watch it. As, around. as a family. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's also special. Like my friend, Amy is from Chicago and uh, she was like, I lived this. And I'm like, that's wild. Like, it it also made me think where it's like, when all this is over and sports are back, I'm gonna try and go to so many more sporting events and concerts because it's like, I should see LeBron James play at least once in my life. Like, Mm -hmm. I should try and make sure if I uh, there's so many things I feel like where I'm like, oh, I'll I'll catch it again. I'll catch it next time. Like, like I've never seen Paul McCartney, and that's something I would love to see because it's like, how many times can I may never get that chance again. Um, So I think, you know, it's special to, you know, especially after all this taking those moments and watching the last dance and go, imagine being able to like sit back and go, Oh, I've seen Muhammad Ali fight. Like, Oh my God. Like you're, it's so rare.
3: (laughs) Yeah. One thing I want to ask you when you were talking about your, obviously you've had two sets of training at UCB and the conservative, and you mentioned Meisner, Meisner mm-hmm. technique. Do you find that's helped at all with improv because of the repetition?
1: Has it helped, it all, has it helped it at all with Yeah. I'm doing Meisner with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sure everyone picked that up as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Explain um, what you just did because there's going to be a lot of people who don't know what so Meisner, Meisner is. Meisner uh, is. I know it's going to be repetition um, and it's listening. Uh, and I have, I do feel like I helped with improv because I took that training of Meisner to improv and I've gotten notes in class where it's like, can you you listen like a hawk, like nothing can get by you. And, and I like that because somebody could say something where it's just like the ketchup's ready. And then like, you know, somebody could try it, like it'd be a throwaway line. And then I just be like, wait, what'd you say about the ketchup and just try and make it completely different. Cause now it's like, oh, what about that now? Bring, no, no, bring that back. Oh no, I'm going to make you talk about that now. Um, and I, and I like that because it, it, it gets you listening for every detail. It, it makes you present and in the moment of you're in the scene, you know, like improv is so special because it comes and goes so fast. It's for that audience. It's for that class. Like, that's it. Uh, like it's not, it's rarely recorded. So the more fun you have with it and the more you listen and you take it in and build the scene out of it like when you're doing good improv you know it you can feel it because it feels like effortless you're just kind of like on the fly you're people are laughing you you, like you're trying not to laugh you you're you're focused and I, I think that that's what makes it so special because and it's a beautiful art form because to say like hey can we get a one word suggestion candle and then you make a 30 minute show just based on one word of just the word candle it's like how do you do that?
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary.
2: BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: Well, my takeaway from that is the key word is listen. Yeah. And I guess I try and with my scenes and when I'm doing, you know, scene work with, with other folks, you know, you make them the most important thing.
1: If I mean, my favorite thing is like, if you're always trying to make each other look good, if you make them look good and they make you look good, you're going to have a beautiful scene. You're going to have a, like, whether it's on stage, like scripted, not scripted, because you're working with each other. If, if you're going to, if you're going to try and be stingy and make it all about you and make them work for it, it's, it's going to be one sided. Like so one, like it, it, the balance is going to be off. People are going to be like, Oh, I, I want to know more about that person. When you take yourself out of the equation and you can watch something beautiful happen in front of you. Awesome. Like you're watching a great scene. You're watching You're watching a great conversation.
3: Take yourself out of the equation, listen, and watch something beautiful happen.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, with those three little things, you can also one day be on the hang with Ramin.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a rush for that. But I, think I love that. Take yourself out of the equation, listen, and watch something beautiful happen.
1: And I think when you do that, it it not only makes you as an actor look good to uh, to everyone else watching but also it makes you smarter it makes you're taking in the information you're you're absorbing the moment and and,
3: and you're serving you're serving others you're serving the piece you're not self-serving brother
1: how can people get, keep in touch with you see your work uh, mostly right now all my work is just kind of like characters and fun stuff, uh, on my social medias. Uh, my Instagram is the Ken McGraw and then my Twitter is Ken McGraw. And then my website is kenmcgraw.me.
3: Ken McGraw Ken
1: Yeah. kenmcgraw.com was taken by a friend as a joke and made a fake website <laughs> for me a few years ago. <laughs> this is a true story. Wait, ready? Ready? A <laughs> few years ago, a buddy of mine, I... I, at, at UCB, of all the places I used to work there too, I was in the box office and I got an email and I go, oh, my domain name's about to expire. I got to renew that when I get home. And I was like, all right, I'll be right back. And I went upstairs to like do my uh, line control duty. And I came back and the guy who I said it to is a computer programmer and just goes, hey, I I, I took care of your website for you. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> so you go to com, which I think it's expired now. It is. Hold on. I'll tell you that in a second. It's expired. <laughs> it was a picture of me like this with, uh, creeds with arms wide open playing. Uh, and every time you click, well, can the, you
3: explain the, 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 the photo. you just showed me? Cause.
1: So, I, so it's me kind of like looking, uh, blue steel into the lens with my <laughs> arms open and the, the, the song creed with arms wide open is playing. Uh, there's at, at the top, At the top is just a a tracker that just says, uh, Kem McGraw, New York based comedian and actor, over and over and over. And every time you click the photo, it was a different headshot of me that popped up only on the face. Uh, and I was like, oh my god, I'm like, well, I was like, I, this is my website, this is my domain. And he's like, "Ah, I bought it for uh, two years, so it's gonna be your website for two years. So I was like, oh, great. So That's then amazing. I, so I had to buy KenMcGrath.me as a domain, so I made that my website. Finally, he was like, hey, I just want to let you know the, <laughs> the uh, domain expired. You can buy it back now. And I'm like, oh, incredible. So I went to the website. For some reason, I guess, I don't know if my name got popular within like two years, but it was like, buy this domain for $3,000. And I'm like, what? Who bought it? I don't know, not me. <laughs> I, hope, I hope whoever owns KenMcGrath.com is enjoying it because you 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 want you need it more than i do if that's the case
3: (laughs) so ken Me is you but with your instagram the ken mcgraw
1: the ken mcgraw
3: because ken mcgraw (laughs) is anything on either any of the socials exclusive to that or if they see it all on instagram they're all up to date
1: I, I, they're all up to date. I, I will, will upload some like you know maybe one off stuff and jokes to Twitter. Uh, I'll put a lot of videos and picture content on Instagram, and then like if you look up uh, like UCB stuff with my name, you'll see like some of my original characters, uh, like the only guy to get dressed up uh, for Halloween at work, uh, yeah. <laughs> or a uh, kid riding home from Fat cam <laughs> uh, oh, which true. I. I I, I mean, it's a dream. And also just to stay up to date with all toxic masculinity stuff, just because when all this is back up and running and the world starts getting back to normal, we're excited to try and make people laugh some more.
3: Yeah, man, we could do with some laughter.
1: I think so. I think we need it right now. And and, And thank you for doing this and putting out content for people to listen to during these times because, you know, you're incredible and people admire you I admire you you know you're you're a friend but I, I'm a fan and uh, what you're doing is great here and just keep doing it and man you're the best
3: Thanks brother I appreciate you two quick qu- quick fire questions before you go well, what made you smile yesterday?
1: What made me smile yesterday um, what made me smile yesterday what day was yesterday Thursday yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, what made me smile yesterday? What's the second question? Let me think of this. First
3: uh, childhood memory that comes to mind. That, that-
1: for sure. Uh, my I was in sixth grade and my mom was watching American Idol and I started singing the same song that the person was singing and my mom was like that's really good. And she called my grandma and made me sing it for my grandma and then she called my aunt and made me sing it for my aunt and then I, and then that Monday at school, I enrolled in Chorus, and that was like that started all of this. Oh, wow. Um That's amazing. And the, thing that, and the thing that made me smile yesterday was hey, man, just waking up, making my bed.
3: That's great, man. Count your blessings for all the little things we take for granted, right? Definitely. I love you, man. Love you too, brother, man. And we'll speak soon. Hope to all see right, you thanks soon. Thanks for hanging. Well, thanks for hanging with Ken and myself. I hope you keep in touch with him, reach out to him, and keep an eye on his work. He truly is one of a kind. The Hang is produced by Dori Beristine and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at epn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karimloo, on YouTube, A Roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, Official, Ramin Karamloo. Music for my podcast is by my friends and one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out.